Well, once again, we are turning to the book of Proverbs this morning, uh, which is God's book of divine guidance to us, teaching us how the world in which we live works and uh, what it looks like to live a life that is wise and pleasing to him. We've seen repeatedly that these principles provided to us in the book of Proverbs promise to bring us blessing uh, in true life to any who will listen and will respond and live according to the way of wisdom. This morning, we're going to be considering the topic of honesty or integrity. Uh, This is another one of those themes that is often repeated throughout the book of Proverbs. And part of what it means to be wise and to live in the fear of the Lord is to live with integrity, to live a life characterized by honesty. And so we're going to look at the subject kind of from several different angles as the book of Proverbs uh, demonstrates the importance of this trait. First, Proverbs instructs us to be honest in our speech. Proverbs 12, verse 19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Often, Proverbs pronounces a curse on lying lips or a deceitful tongue. We'll see that more as we work our way through these verses. Uh, But our speech, of course, is one of the primary ways in which we are dishonest. And when we think of dishonest speech, uh, we're not always talking about just overt lies, although certainly that would be included. Uh, There's other, more subtle ways in which we speak in a dishonest way. Uh, For example, things like exaggeration, uh, slanting the truth in our favor, not telling the full story, maybe omitting certain details uh, to to benefit ourselves. Uh, Other things like flattery or slander. Proverbs directs us to be honest in our speech, meaning we speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Proverbs 10, verse 18 says, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever whoever utters slander is a fool. We've looked at this proverb before, uh, but here we have slander and flattery presented as foolish and dishonest speech. And in a way, they're sort of opposites of one another. Flattery is saying something positive to someone that you don't really mean. And slander is going around uh, bashing someone negatively behind their back in a way that's dishonest. But both are lies. Both are ways of being dishonest. Flattery is concealing hatred, this verse says. In your heart and behind their back, you have negative feelings towards someone. But to their face, you conceal those feelings and pretend to be their friend. Slander is when we speak negatively of others, I'm sorry, of someone to others, and we distort or exaggerate the facts, making them appear worse than they really are. And so honesty in our speech means simply and straightforwardly presenting true facts. Proverbs 12 verse 17 says, whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Here we see contrasted the honest person and the habitual liar. Uh, The one who is known for being honest, it says here, can be counted on even in court proceedings. He's known as someone who will speak the truth and give nothing but the honest facts, the evidence. Uh, And this is how we are to be with our speech. We should have a reputation for simply and clearly speaking the truth. Whether it's convenient for us or not, all the time our words should be able to be Uh, counted on. This emphasis of trustworthy and honest speech is reiterated in the Gospels by Jesus himself. 
Uh, there were disputes in the, among the Jews about what you were allowed to swear by and what you shouldn't. The idea being that the more uh, valuable or sacred the thing that you were swearing by, the more you were assumed to be telling the truth. Uh, because surely you wouldn't lie and say, you know, I swear by the temple or something. People go, oh, wow, he must really mean what he's saying. Uh, but then some said it was inappropriate to swear by such holy things. Uh, others said, well, it's fine as long as you actually follow through on whatever it is that you're swearing. And so if you swear by something holy, you better actually do what you said you would do. But here's what Jesus had to say about all of this. Matthew 5, verse 34, I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair uh, white or black, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. In other words, Jesus is saying, become the kind of person where your words carry weight. Have such a, a reputation for honesty that you don't need to swear at all. You don't need to appeal to something else to make your claims stronger because people know that when you say yes, you're speaking the truth. When you say no, there's no more questions to be asked. You shouldn't have to swear by anything to confirm or add validity to your words. So be honest in your speech. Next, not only does Proverbs urge us to be honest in our speech, but also in our actions. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. The Hebrew word translated integrity here means completeness or fullness, uh, innocence or simplicity. The idea being that you're the same person all the time. There's a consistency to your life. And so walking in integrity means everywhere I go, everyone who meets me in every area of my life, I am the same person. There's no facade. I don't act one way around a certain group and then another way uh, outside of that group. This is the opposite, uh, then, of walking in integrity would be living a duplicitous life. And as the rest of this verse goes on to say, the one who lives that sort of double life, the one who is crooked in his way, will be found out. This proverb, then, is a, an observation on the difference between those who live openly and honestly and those who live deceptively. The difference is that the, whole, the honest person lives guilt-free, He's able to walk through life securely. There's a certain peace that comes from living in integrity. Whereas the person living the double life has to constantly be in fear of being found out, uh, that his secret will come out, that his duplicity will be known. And so Proverbs urges us to, be, uh, to have integrity in the way that we live, in our actions. And here's just a couple of ways in which that gets worked out. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse 1, Proverbs urges us to be honest in our business dealings. Proverbs 11.1, 1, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. That means God hates it. But a just weight is his delight. The balance being referred to here was a device that would be used to weigh a produce that was sold in the markets. You would pay for your food based on weight since they didn't have you know, digital scales or anything like that. They would have a scale with two plates suspended from a bar. Uh, the one plate would have a weight in it, the other plate, whatever it was that you were purchasing. And so it would look something like this. Now, uh, with such a system, there were ways of cheating people out of their money. 
And it just reveals so much of the human heart that, of course, these ways were perfected uh, by businessmen in the first century. You could falsely label your weights. You could say that it was a certain weight when really it was a different weight and the buyer wouldn't know. You could shave off some of the weight so that it would actually be lighter than it is stated to be. You could manipulate the scale so that one side would move more freely than the other. And any sort of manipulation like this would wind up affecting what the buyer ended up paying. It was a dishonest business practice, a way of cheating someone out of a few extra pennies with each sale. And God says repeatedly that he hates these practices. Proverbs 20, verse 10, Unequal weights and unequal measures are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Again, in verse 23 of the same chapter, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. Now, we don't often purchase things by weight these days, although sometimes you might still. You might go into a store and be charged uh, by the weight of your produce. By the way, uh, eating grapes in a store before they're weighed and purchased is technically stealing. I know it's a very common practice, uh, but it is dishonest. You are uh, taking something for free. You might not think of that as a big deal, but it is a big deal to God. There are plenty of ways in which we are dishonest with our business dealings, even outside of this specific issue. Not reporting all of our income on your tax return, that is a means of being dishonest. When you purchase something at a restaurant, they don't charge you for everything that you got. Maybe they forgot to add your drink or something. Do you ask about it or do you take advantage of their negligence? If you know that you're not paying for something that you purchased and you say nothing about it, that is dishonesty, regardless of whether it's intentional or not. And so while we may not use false scales too often these days, the spirit of this proverb still applies to many modern ways of being dishonest with our business dealings. So whether we're talking about our speech or our actions, all of us lie at times. It's one of those sins that's just pervasive throughout humanity. There are some sins that I struggle with that you may not, and there's some sins that you struggle with that I may not, but dishonesty is one that we all fall into at times. And I think one way to attack this sin is to understand why we do it. What is the motivation? What causes us to lie and be deceptive? Here are five reasons that we lie. There are others, uh, but these are kind of the main ones that Proverbs uh, talks about. Number one, we lie to make ourselves look better in the eyes of others. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 9. Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. I like how the uh, NIV translates this. It really gets the sense of it across. It says, better to be a nobody and have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. We lie to make ourselves look better. We do this in a lot of different ways outside of just your financial status. That's just one of many ways that we may lie in order to boost our own esteem in the eyes of other people. And the root of this motivation really is insecurity. We're not okay with who we are. We're not content with how we're perceived. And so we lie or we exaggerate about ourselves in order to f that others would find us more impressive than we really are. And so we lie to make ourselves look better in the eyes of others. Number two, we lie to make others look worse. Here's where we get into the biblical command of not being a false witness against your neighbor. 
In the ancient world, when they didn't have things like video cameras or DNA evidence or other means of determining one's guilt or innocence in a criminal case, eyewitness testimony was crucial. And because these witnesses were depended on so heavily, it was a disastrous problem to have dishonest witnesses. Uh, This, of course, comes up in the New Testament during the trials of Jesus. In the Gospels, religious leaders basically uh, hated Jesus. They wanted him to be killed, and so they came up with some false accusations. They uh, paid off some people to lie about Christ, uh, even under oath, in order to put him to death. And Proverbs has a lot to say about this form of dishonesty as well. Chapter 25, verse 18, for example, says, A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. This was a temptation for someone if you disliked a person and they were being charged in a criminal case. There was some sort of history between you two. You really had it out for this guy. You could take advantage of the situation by lying and presenting a false testimony to make him be charged with the crime. Proverbs 24, verse 28 and 29 say, Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause, And do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. And so here again is a situation in which uh, someone's life was in your hands. You could basically control their destiny and get them back for something they did to you. But it was through a dishonest means, by making up a false uh, testimony about them. And so we lie to make ourselves look better. We lie to make others look worse. Number three, we lie to benefit ourselves. Uh, Here's another ancient practice of dishonesty that you might be unfamiliar with. Proverbs 22, verse 28 says, Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. Uh, Maybe you read through Proverbs, you come across a verse like that and just kind of scratch your head and go, what in the world is that talking about? Again, this was a means of cheating someone through dishonesty. Far more people in the ancient world than today were farmers. It was pretty much everybody had a field and they grew their uh, crops. And as such, your fields were your source of income. The bigger the field, the more you could grow. The more you could harvest, the richer you became. And so the temptation was always to move the boundary markers of your property. Each year, you you move them a few feet further into your neighbor's field. And so effectively, you're stealing their land a few feet at a time. Now, maybe you wouldn't lie in such an overt way like that, but still, again, we're dishonest in many ways that benefit ourselves. For example, Proverbs 20, verse 14 says, Bad, bad, says the buyer, but when he goes away, then he boasts. This is still standard bartering procedure even today. We act like we're not happy with the product or uh, the price that's being set, And we sort of talk the person down, and then as soon as we walk away, we brag about what a bargain we got. It's a form of dishonesty. It's benefiting yourself through dishonesty. And of course, sellers do this as well as buyers. Uh, The used car salesman will always tell you he's losing money on this deal, and it's just, you know, it's terrible. Uh, But in reality, he's taking advantage of you. We as a society have become conditioned to think that there are certain areas of life in which dishonestly is perfectly fine. It's just part of our everyday living. Number four, we lie when we don't want to admit something we're embarrassed about. We lie then as a, as a form of protection so that others don't find out things we don't want them to know. 
Proverbs 28, verse 13, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Ever since Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, humans have always had a natural instinct to cover their shame. When we sin and when we feel the guilt of what we've done, we often lie. We hide what we've done. Proverbs calls us, first of all, to live with integrity so that we don't have anything to hide. We should be living our lives in a way that we wouldn't be embarrassed if others knew about things that were done out of their presence. But in those areas in which we do sin, for we all stumble in many ways, as Scripture says, Proverbs urges us to confess and forsake those sins rather than concealing them. When you've sinned against someone, and you feel that impulse to lie, to come up with a way out of it, to come up with a story, Proverbs tells us, have the integrity to own up to what you've done. Be honest, even when it is hardest to do so. And then number five, we lie because it's just a habit. Now, this isn't the case for everyone necessarily, but some are just habitual liars. They don't even really need a reason to lie. They just lie out of habit. Chapter 19, verse 5 of Proverbs says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will not escape. The idea of breathing out lies here is quite a vivid image of a habitual liar. Every time he breathes, a lie comes out. He lies constantly, and he will suffer for it. More on that in just a few minutes. Looking more broadly then, Proverbs urges us to be honest really as a way of life. Honesty in our speech, always telling the whole truth, withholding nothing, not slanting it to our benefit or exaggerating the truth. Proverbs also urges us to be honest in our actions, not living a duplicitous double life. Honest in our business dealings, in our financial management. We are to live lives of integrity and transparency. Proverbs 11 verse 3, the integrity of the upright guides them but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Integrity should be the guiding light of our life, making us honest in every area. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 24, Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. In other words, don't be shifty-eyed. You know, People who shift the eyes typically have something to hide. They're kind of looking all around. They're kind of watching their back. They don't want to look you in the eye. Uh, That's a sign of dishonesty. We should be the kinds of people who can look straight ahead, have nothing to hide, living a life of integrity that brings a certain peace to your soul. You aren't constantly feeling the guilt or the fear that comes from lying. This kind of life, Proverbs is calling each one of us to. Proverbs 23, verse 23, Buy the truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding. That may seem like an odd concept to buy the truth as if it's a commodity, and yet Proverbs is saying exactly that. Truth is a valuable commodity in life. You should be pursuing these things. And notice, of truth specifically, we're told, buy the truth and never sell it. Often in life, you will be tempted to sell the truth. You'll be tempted to lie, whatever that motivation may be. Proverbs 23 says, don't trade the benefit for the truth. Hold on to the truth. Adopt honesty as your pattern of life. And decide today that no matter what it may cost you, no matter what's being offered to you, 
You're going to buy the truth and never sell it. You're going to be a person of honest and consistent character. We've said throughout this study of Proverbs that these principles of wisdom are distinctly Christian, uh, meaning that the fear of the Lord is the driving motivation behind all of this. Fearing God is when I'm most concerned with what God thinks of my life. I'm living with the primary goal being to please and glorify the Lord. And lying is something that God really hates. He says this often in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 22, for example, says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Those who lie habitually are under God's judgment, under his wrath, whereas those who walk in integrity and honesty gain the Lord's favor. God hates lying, and we should too. Proverbs 13, verse 5, The righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. Honesty is presented in Proverbs as the best way to live. Uh, This is a repeated idea throughout the book, that those who live in integrity have uh, eternal, long-lasting benefits as a result. For example, uh, example, notice chapter 19, verse 1 says, Better is a poor person who walks in integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. The implicit uh, statement here in this verse is that you may benefit yourself in some ways through lying. You may actually end up further ahead in certain areas of life by being dishonest, but integrity is more valuable than wealth. It's better to, be, uh, to have integrity as a way of life because it's the kind of life that invites the favor of God. And it's a life of lasting, eternal benefit. And so it's better to be poor and walk in honesty, walk in integrity, than it is to be rich and to be living a duplicitous life. Proverbs 20, verse 17, Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. Again, lying may in temporary ways benefit you, but it will cost you more in the long, ter- in the long run. Uh, chapter 21, verse 6 says something similar. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. And notice as we've looked at these Proverbs on the subject of honesty, how, how frequently the book emphasizes integrity with your finances. Uh, the idea is always that although you can maybe gain more money, Through being dishonest, it will cost you more than you gain. In the end, it will cost you everything. Your character, the the favor and blessing of God. And so Proverbs says it's better to maintain your integrity and be content with what you have in life. Proverbs 28, verse 6, Better is a poor man who walks in integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. We keep seeing these comparisons. Better is the honest person. There's a benefit here a blessing that is given to those who walk in integrity. And so here are three benefits that Proverbs specifically points out. If you're wondering, okay, uh, what are those things? What are the things that integrity will benefit me? Not just that it's right to do, that it's pleasing the eyes of God, but that it's wise to do, that it will actually benefit my daily life and give me long-term rewards to live in integrity. Here are three benefits. Number one, honest people will come to be trusted. Proverbs 22, verse 11 He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. 
Over the course of time, people will recognize you as an honest person, one of pure heart, one who lives in integrity, and thus one who can be trusted. And your influence will increase uh, along with the trust that you're earning. Number two, and this is sort of related to that, honest people will have meaningful and deep relationships. Whoever, uh, this is Proverbs 28, verse 23, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Uh, Notice there the word afterward, meaning there's a span of time elapsing here. You might be perceived as more of a friend if you use flattery. If you tell people what they want to hear, they might like that in the moment. But in the long run, you will find more favor. You will have deeper and more meaningful relationships in your life if you are honest. Whether we're talking about friendships, family relationships, or marriage, uh, honesty and transparency brings more depth to your relationships. Whereas putting up facades, flattering people, it may seem like a means of getting others to like you, but those will always be surface-level relationships built on dishonesty. Number three, God's blessing is on the honest. And this really is the main benefit of living a life of integrity. Proverbs 28, verse 18. Whoever walks in integrity will be delivered, but he who is crooked in his ways will suddenly fall. I think this is why so often Proverbs speaks of the honest person as having long-lasting benefits because God is on their side. God's blessings permeate their life and lead to long-term success in the areas of life that truly matter the most. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. So there's generational blessing here to those who live in integrity. God not only hates lying, but Proverbs teaches us that he actively works against dishonest people. Proverbs 23, verse 10. Again, this principle of a dishonest action that was very common in the ancient world says, Do not move an ancient landmark or enter the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is strong. He will plead their cause against you. You might think you're gaining an advantage by your dishonesty, like the person who would move that landmark, that boundary marker, and expand their fields each year. But Proverbs says you're inviting the opposition of God against you. He will fight on behalf of the person that you are deceiving. Proverbs 19, verse 9, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. Just as Proverbs shows us that God actively opposes the dishonest person, Proverbs also tells us that God works in behalf of those who live in integrity. Proverbs 2, verses 6 through 8. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his, of his saints. I don't know about you, but I would like that in my life. I would like for God to be my shield, to guard my path, to watch over my way. And Proverbs says that the characteristic that will invite that kind of favor of God into your life is integrity. And so as we close in this morning, let me invite you to pray along with Agar from chapter 30 of Proverbs, where he prays this to the Lord. He says, remove far from me falsehood and lying.
May that be the prayer of each one of us today, that deception and dishonesty would be removed far from our lives. And all of the areas of our life in which dishonesty may manifest itself through our words, through our actions, may God help us to be honest people walking in integrity and inviting the favor of God in our lives. Let's pray together.